The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house and some who are troublemakers. <laughs> we appreciate all of you guys. Anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Rotten to the Core Wednesday. And if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you are listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Scroll down right on the right side of the page, and you'll see us going there live. Everybody's just, <clears throat> excuse me, just moving into the chat there on the platform that we've got. So if you want to be a part of the chat and you want to watch what's going on uh, visually as well as hear us, because we're going to be showing you a lot of things too. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know why I have this stuff in my throat all of a sudden, but anyway, it's the second video down on the right. Now, if you're using a mobile device, I suggest you use a browser that allows you to click for a desk to see the desktop version. I know Google Chrome allows that. I don't know if any other uh, mobile browsers allow it. You'll need that to be able to see the, the video portion of the show. That's on the right side of the page. Click onto it. And you'll see the chat come up. You'll see the visual, visual port, portion that we have. And then right above that is also Bradley's show from yesterday. Now, that goes live at 3 p.m. Eastern time today. So if you want to hear Bradley, uh, and yeah, somebody was giving me a hard time because Bradley asked me on his show yesterday to talk about uh, this media-driven CIA mockingbird narrative of mass shootings. And I don't know what was up with that, uh, you know, I don't have I don't have any extra time. Bradley said, "Hey, can you come on and talk with us?" Happy to do that. But uh, I, apparently, some people like to hear Bradley, and that's cool I, because I like to hear Bradley too. Uh, but you can hear him at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Now, I was talking with Lynn this morning, and she was like, "Well, I can't find you because you're not on your page because I stream to my my personal Facebook page." Well, I'm in Facebook jail, and what interesting thing is, while I'm in Facebook jail, okay. I have been hit for stuff that's months, years old to try to keep me in that jail, okay? And 
even just a couple of days ago, a couple of days before the before my daughter's wedding, I got hit with another thing saying, oh, you're putting out dangerous content. And it's it's nothing more than saying, here's Bill Gates using the climate change hoax. And it is a hoax, folks. If there's climate change, let me tell you where it's coming from. It's coming from your military. Weather manipulation. If you don't believe that, go to geoengineering over there with Dane Wigington and see the documentation from the U.S. Senate going all the way back to the 1950s. They are manipulating weather. They're using it as a war as, as a as a a war weapon. You want to know why you have all that stuff? It's not that we didn't have changes in our weather anyway. It's coming from that. In any case, not to get off on another topic. That's going on. All right. So. If, while you're over there at sonslibertymedia.com, scroll up to the top just above the videos, and there's a place there where you can subscribe with us. Uh, you can put your email in. We don't spam you. We don't rent your email. We don't sell your email. Like a lot of other sites, you know, they're, they're just constantly inundating you. And I realize, look, guys, we have a lot of ads on the site. None of us like that. But we have to kind of make up some of the revenue there uh, to keep the site going. And so that's why they're on there. We would like to be totally ad-free. But unfortunately, we don't. We just don't have the support to do that right now. So that's our goal, is to do that. But a lot of sites will gather your email, and they will spam you with all their advertisers so they can make a lot of money off of you. We're not out to make a lot of money. We'd like to just make the ends meet. So subscribe to the email. You get all the articles for the day, me, Bradley, and our other contributors, including Lynn, and you get the morning show archive as well. I've told you about that. You want the morning show archive. People ask about that. Sign up for the email. Also, if you agree with the message of Sons of Liberty, there's a donate button right here at the top of sonslibertymedia.com. Click on that. You can make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us and become a son or daughter of liberty. That means you set up an amount that you want to give each month to help us do what we do, not only on internet and radio, but also out and about. Bradley's been in Michigan, Ohio, and uh, down, now down in Tennessee, he's been on radio, he's been on television, uh, traveling around, and also among the people, giving them what's most important. That is, giving them the history of our constitutional and Christian heritage. Listen, the Bible is clear. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Bradley's going to give him that knowledge, the knowledge of the law of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you don't have that, if you don't understand the history that comes before us, you don't know where you're going. We know where we're going. We can call out the stuff as it's happening and before it happens. Why? Because we know the scriptures. We can point to the scriptures of what God has said, and the scriptures are clear. Let every let God be true and every man a liar. So it doesn't matter what things may look like. It matters what they actually are. Okay. So we take a lot of heat for that. That's okay, but we want to give you the truth. Also, the store button is there at the top of SonsLibertyMedia.com. You can click onto that, and you can purchase products in our store, which also help us uh, in what we do. And it also gives you great conversation starters. It equips you for the, the work of the ministry, Ephesians 4. And so you guys can be able to use those things in your sphere of influence because we don't have your sphere of influence. You have that. That's what God has given to you. And we want to help you do that. Uh, which God has given you to do. So with that said, I want to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, my co-host for Wednesdays, the Common Core Diva, Lynn Taylor. Good morning, Lynn. Hello, hello. <laughs> now, Lynn and I uh, actually got to meet each other for the first time 
this past <laughs> What was it, Friday? Yeah, Friday. It was Friday, yeah. Was Friday. Seems like a world ago, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Friday, and uh, Lynn was uh, gracious enough to provide her services in providing the flowers for my daughter's wedding. And uh, we got about, uh, I don't know, three or four minutes to say hello, uh, goodbye, and then I had stuff I had to get done and uh, all of that. But it was it was good to meet you, Lynn, and um, mm-hmm. people know you're a real person because you've been out there a lot, too. You've been out across the states telling the, the mm-hmm. people about what's going on. And today we're talking about something where, again, the federal government is usurping its authority uh, in, the, edu- in the, the area of education. Mm-hmm. We have the issue of spending billions, not millions, billions of dollars, over $100 billion dollars, for what you're calling what you're calling a parallel to FDR's new deal I'm sure it's it may not be that magnanimous but it's pretty close I mean at least in what they're trying to do especially with the with the education issue and you're going to bring that to the table and you know what I, the more I think on this the more I think yeah the people have to stand up and they have to call this out and they say tell the states no uh, we we need to do those kinds of things but the more I think the people need to remove themselves from this corrupt education system. I say it all the time. Deuteronomy 6 says you are responsible for educating your children, parents, and you can do it. I'm not saying that as a chastisement. I'm mm-hmm. saying you can do it. I mean, if I, if our family can do it, you can do it. You really can. And don't think that you're shortchanging your children anything, especially if you're teaching them the commandments of the Lord and that's what God calls us to do. But Lynn's going to give us some of the stuff of what's coming out of the Biden administration right now and uh, how that's going to impact. And then, Lynn, I, I really want to end like we you know, normally do, and that's a call to action. What can the parents do? Yeah. What can they, yeah. they do to fight this thing? Absolutely. Well, what Tim is referring to is um, the American uh, Relief Program, or the ARP. This is by the Biden-Harris administration. It's a... Uh, bevy of programs where education is included and it's coming to us to the tune of 1.9 trillion dollars okay and woven into that is 122 billion dollars for education especially to safely reopen the k through eighth grade schools Now, your ninth grade through uh, adult education are also going to be impacted with this. But the press release that was released, I believe it was on March the 17th, detailed how um, this recovery program was going to impact education. And Tim, if you want to show my article real quick, we can um, show the folks that all the information that they're going to receive today is in that article as well. Um, There we have that wonderful quote by Thomas Jefferson, which is to compel a man to furnish funds for the propagation of ideas he disbelieves and abhors is sinful and tyrannical. So we want to make sure that we have that theme. That's one of our biggest calls to action. So we can refer back to that towards the end of the show. But in the uh, particular article, you're going to see, like I said, the different links to all the press releases so that you could go back at your own leisure and look at this. And if you'll notice the theme, if you're watching this, you're going to see that it's throwing money or it's free money. So it's money, 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 money. Because again, we have seen our government throw tons of money, whether it's state, local or federal, throw tons of money at education over the years in the hopes to fix it 
and it's not been fixed. It's continued to uh, erode. And so now what we're seeing is that millions and billions and trillions are being thrown in the name of COVID relief. And that's what this American recovery program is about. It's not, like I said, it's not just education. It's going to involve your jobs, your housing, your health care, every aspect of your life, which is why I compared it to FDR's New Deal, because in FDR's New Deal, there was either some kind of program or paycheck or something to give you, to supposedly give you a leg up. But what it was actually doing is what we're seeing this ARP do, and that is erode your freedom. Yeah, I think this is part of the thing of what they're set. They have been setting up over the past year is to get people mm-hmm. to expect every so many months a check from the government. It's a relief check. And now people mm-hmm. are starting to get those relief checks from the Biden administration that they got from the Trump administration. And I just remind people, you know, that Trump was pushing for two thousand dollars. That coincidentally, and I don't think it's a coincidence, is part is the is the uh, figure that they were speaking about of the universal basic income, which is communism. I mean, that's what it is, is to get you sucking off the government teat to live off the government while you're saying, I'm not communist, I'm not a slave, I'm not a socialist, when you are practicing exactly that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think this is the same thing, Lynn. They, they continue to, to bring it in to get the to condition to people to, to just take it. And some people actually think Biden and Her- the Biden-Harris administration is actually doing something good with this when this is a usurpation of the Tenth Amendment, folks. If you claim to be a constitutionalist and you support this kind of stuff with it, in, any involvement at all, any money, any direction by the federal government in the education, you're not a constitutionalist. You're not a, you're not a supporter of American government. I can tell you that. I don't care what your mouth says. It's what your actions say. Um, but but well, Lynn, they're throwing const- – go ahead. I was just going to say, not only the Constitution, but you have a federal law, which yes. is uh, U.S. Code 21232A, which strictly prohibits any sort of federal type of overreach. Now, funding is not in the actual wording of that particular federal code, Tim, but it is uh, included by all the um, the other words that are there. And people nitpick this one because well it says everything but it doesn't say you know funding or money well you know bs and horse <laughs> hockey it's all tied together and it's through these funding streams and here's how the government gets around that they use funding streams through other programs that are somehow tied to education and that's how they get around so it's like through a back door for example your uh, federal funds that are given to the states in the name of job skills or job creation, that's tied to education for the workforce uh, benefit. Uh, you look at health care, it's tied to education because, again, in the Every Student Succeeds Act, what happened, Title I was refigured to include the medicalization and the federal acknowledgement of schools as quasi-hospitals. As quasi-hospitals, you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well, okay. Uh, Quasi-hospital, anything that's quasi is a wannabe, okay? So what I'm saying is is that through this particular um, law, which is Every Student Succeeds Act, which is unconstitutional as well and should not be honored, but it has been honored, it gave the government the back door, the front door, and the side door to use the Title I funding on every school, 
to use the excuse that, well, because of the social and emotional learning and because of the lack of success that we're seeing in students and families, we're going to be able to come in and overreach through the medical part of your lives. So that's what I mean by a quasi-hospital. It gave the school the blanket authority or assumed authority to say, okay, Johnny and Susie and Johnny and Susie's family are not getting this part of their lives right because they're not showing up in school or their grades or in the community. So here's how we're going to come in and help. And one of those ways is we're going to slap a label on you, whether you deserve it or not, that you have some sort of learning issue. And then we're going to give you programs and funding to help uh, correct that so that you could go be a good citizen. Yeah, I can see all of this uh, as a really good plan, right? Uh, this has got oh, yeah, good action. Yeah. What could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you would go to the um, first press release, it was resource number two in your email. This is where we can see the $122 billion. Now, this is uh, Dr. Secretary Dr. Cardona. This is one of his press releases. And he tells you in this particular press release, Tim, and I want to read this a particular excerpt because I want folks to see the wordplay that's going on here. All right. So give me just a second. All right. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona delivered the news directly to the state education commissioners in a letter issued today and said the department that is of education will begin to make these funds, which is the $122 billion, available to state educational agencies this month. Now, let me pause right there. State education commissioners, no. If you go look at your state department of education, you don't have commissioners. You have superintendents. So, yes, that's a slight word change, but it's huge in the amount of power that it's giving. It's also showing you that there's a shift away from those states who might have elected superintendents to are we now going to uh, the government is appointing. We do know in some states that um, any state leader is appointed as opposed to being elected. So watch that. Okay, watch in the coming months how the word shifting is continuing to be used. So we're shifting from superintendents to commissioners, okay? That might be something, it might not. You know, I'd like to be wrong on some of this, but unfortunately, I tend to be more right than than not. But anyway, all right, so it goes on to say, this announcement coincides with the Department of Health and Human Services announcement that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Now, we've gone from Centers for Disease Control to now and prevention. We'll provide $10 billion to start the support of COVID-19 screen testing for K-12 through teachers, staff, and students, and mark swift action by the Biden-Harris administration to meet the president's goal of safely reopening the majority of K-8 schools within the first 100 days of his administration. Lynn, let me, let me just jump in here. Sure. Um, if you're a parent out there sending your kids to public school and you're going to submit them to one of these COVID screening tests, what do I say? You are a fool. You are a fool for doing such a thing. This 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 nose jab all the way up into the brain almost. I mean, it's pretty doggone close. It's very uncomfortable for a lot of people I've heard. What are you doing to your kids what are you doing to your kids? And and they're saying this is coming from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. I mean, 
what authority did these guys have to be giving money in this? What authority did they have to be giving guidelines? None. There's no constitutional authority for this. And and this is happening. I want to remind people, this is happening through both administrations. You say, well, this is happening in the Biden. Yeah, but all of it was teed up by the Trump administration to think they're not in on board with this. I know what they say. This goes back to what I said before. Look at what's done. You don't need to send your – I tell you what, if they're wanting to, to test your kids for this stuff, you need to tell them no, 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 no. Okay, Tim, let me point out something. That's what's written down. But if you look at the systems, if you look at all the funding, it's also going to include those wraparound services that those schools offer to your community. So here's where we're seeing the government's going to say up front, this is what's going on. But back here, we're going to include community and families that aren't necessarily in public schools. So we have to be very, very careful when we're reading these press releases, because while they're telling us some things, Tim, they're not telling us everything. Oh, I so agree. we don't. Yeah, we don't need to blanketly assume that this is just for those public school students. We have done several shows where we talk about how those wraparound services will encompass those in private schools, homeschools, parochial schools, um, you know, you name it, community services, you know, uh, special needs, all those kinds of things. So we have to be very, very careful because the next place we're going is the White House press release. That is in resource number three, I believe it is, where I want you to see on this American Recovery Program, the first kingpin to this particular program. Now, this is the $1.9 trillion where the $122 billion Cardona is talking about has come from. So if you'll go down to the first bullet point, okay? You should be able to see it. Yeah, it's after the the video. And for those who cannot see this, if you would read that to them, please. You're talking about this first bullet point here? Yes, please. Okay. Specifically, President Biden's American Rescue Plan will mount a national vaccination program. How do you like them apples? We've been saying that for almost a year now. Mm -hmm. Contain COVID-19 and safely... Wait, what? (laughs) Wait a minute. Was that a typo? No. Mount a national vaccine vaccination program contain. Co- okay. I see what they're saying. Contain. I was mm-hmm. thinking the vaccine <laughs> containing COVID-19 contain COVID-19, which they're not going to do and safely reopen schools, including <clears throat> by setting up community vaccination sites nationwide. By the way, some of those, some of you are in Ohio. They've got the military in there now in Ohio to distribute that vaccination to you. Yep, that's constitutional, isn't it? Scaling up testing and tracing, eliminating supply shortage shortage problems, investing in high-quality treatments, providing paid sick leave to contain spread of the virus, addressing health disparities, and making the necessary investments to meet the president's goal of safely reopening a majority of K-8 through schools in the first 100 days. Yep, okay. necessary Let, investments. That's taxation, folks. Uh, necessary investments also opens Pandora's box for the privatization or the pi- public-private partnerships that we have seen become so rampant in education, especially uh, in the days uh, just before Every Student Succeeds Act and definitely since then. So, you know, again, it's what they're saying, but it's also what they're not saying. All right. We also need to understand that a lot of these public schools are being the hubs 
for your community wide. So again, that goes back to those wraparound services where your local public school is the hub for every single thing that affects your entire life. It almost sounds like, Lynn, you're, you're saying that the, the school buildings that we've been saying that look like prisons are going to be sort of our concentration camps from now on for the community. In a way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way. All right. So that's got K through eight education. If you want to see how this is going to impact the ninth, um, ninth through 12th, which is high school and then post-secondary education, I think it's number four resource. It's the um, press release from the Department of Education where they're going to increase the SNAP benefits and um, relieve student debt. Yeah, there we go. All right, so here we have Cardona again is telling you how the U.S. Department of Education is going to take taxpayer money and throw it at a problem that um, has supposedly surfaced in the name of COVID, and they're going to expand SNAP benefits. Now, what SNAP benefits are, are supplemental nutrition assistance programming, and we understand that the government is using this to help those with low income, but what many people don't realize about the SNAP funds is, again, through the Every Student Succeeds Act, these particular funds were factored in to make every student a low-income student for more government control. These particular higher education relief funds, or the HERF funds as they're calling, is supposed to wipe out student debt. Well, again, someone has to pay for that student debt if it's not the student, and that would be taxpayers or private corporations, because we see how the government is coming in, not in these press releases, but in other press releases we've talked about, Tim, through other shows where we're seeing our tax codes changed for businesses to privately contribute to either your higher education or your higher education debt. Well, now that but there's they're talking about getting rid of all that student loan debt, right? <clears throat> Isn't that something they're pushing as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that I believe was a campaign um, promise from. I know it was from Harris when she was running by herself, and I think it it stuck when she became part of the the ticket. But okay. let's point out. Trump was doing the same blasted thing. He was going to wipe it out, too. But how he was going to wipe it out, um, people want to sit there. Well, you know, he was all goody and all this other cuss. No, he wasn't. He was going to wipe it out the same way that Obama was wiping it out, the same way Bush was trying to wipe it out, and Clinton, and now Biden. And that is to get you into some sort of government servitude. Yep, yep. Well, that's exactly right. And part of the problem is, is the people have to know And again, we go back to the one thing, you know, you mentioned the statute that was explicit in saying they can't do these things for education. The Mm -hmm. 10th Amendment's clear about that, too. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. And so education is not one of those issues, but yet... We've seen, and you've been documenting it for years, but uh, with uh, with you and I on, on Wednesdays, we've been doing this for about two years now, and mm-hmm. the issue always comes up as it goes way beyond education. It starts going into our daily lives. Those of us who've even got out of school, uh, are, are they're, they're trying to get in our daily lives. I mean, what is this issue here? SNAP benefits. Folks, where do you see in the, in the Constitution 
that the government is to be providing uh, welfare benefits to the people. Now, I know there's a welfare clause that has nothing to do with that. That is the general statement. It would be like the, uh, to use a, a, a picture here, be like the Ten Commandments and the book of Deuteronomy, Le- Leviticus. Uh, Leviticus numbers in Deuteronomy would be an expansion of what the Ten Commandments are, not to make the Constitution anything close to that, but it would be like that. And the welfare clause is pointing up, and then it lists all the things to promote the general welfare, the things that we actually gave authority to Congress to do. That's what, that's how that's laid out. And most people don't even understand that, Lynn. So they jump onto the welfare thing and they say, oh, we can do all this stuff. It's okay to do that. And in many, quote unquote, red states who say they don't want socialism, they're some of the biggest socialists. And you can say I'm wrong, but folks, if you're getting a government check for any reason, any reason, you're participating in socialism. You really are. That's just the way it is. And all of this comes through. They're putting it under the guise that it's education here this way. This is what Lynn is showing us. But they're branching out into every area of life. It has nothing to do with education at all. Well, here's another way they're doing this, Tim, is there's that, you know, there's um, your states are going, well, you know, once it hits our bank account, it's no longer a federal tax dollar. It's no longer a federal fund. It magically becomes a state fund. So technically, the states are not using federal money. Are you kidding me? Yes, you are. You're just deciding to try to deceive yourself and other people when you say, well, it's not federal money anymore. It comes with every one of the federal strings. And we saw that when those race to the top applications came out and saddled us with Common Core in the first place. Well, that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, The devil always uses the words to confuse people. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of the first things that I learned about socialism was they come in and they manipulate the language. And we've talked Mm -hmm. about this time and time again with new bills that come out. They take them and they promote them as freedom, as liberty, as equality, as all of this kind of things that sound good. But when you actually go into them, they're the direct opposite of whatever they're Mm -hmm. promoting it as. And if they're not the direct opposite, they will have so many strings in them that you'll think, why in the world would we even have this written? And again, we have to look at the fact that our legislators, both the House and the Senate, are not governing for the people or by the people, they're governing for the corporations and special interests, by the corporations and special interests. Well, that's exactly right. And the strings that you talk about are invisible strings. They're they're these fishing line strings. The people aren't seeing it. They're just saying, well, I'm getting money or I'm getting this well, or I'm getting this. Right. Benefit. And here's something interesting. They start out invisible, but by the time it gets to you and by the time a lot of this will continue to fall into place, it's going to become very, very visible. In fact, we're seeing that play out now by those who've already gone ahead and taken the the um, jab, if you will. Uh, here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. No piece of paper, no government, no anything should be able to tell you what you can and cannot do. Amen. Amen. And somebody mentioned here, uh, Courtney's mentioned in here, and I was going to bring this up a little bit later, closer to the end of the mm-hmm. show. But, uh, you know, we've got coming up this, um, the, the education day and the renewal of the Noahide laws again uh, under the Biden administration. There's no doubt they're going to do it. Everybody thinks uh, mm-hmm. that they're, you know, whatever, anti-Zionist or this, that, and the other. But they are, they are, they continue to promote that kind of stuff. And, right. uh, and that's going to be renewed again over in, uh, I'm thinking, May. 
we have the education day. And I didn't know if you wanted to kind of throw something in on that as to how that right. might relate to this. Right. Absolutely. And um, we will actually be, be doing an update version on that. So thank you, Courtney, for that. Um, because I've been sent some new information about how a lot of this ties in and how it ties in is that because we're worshiping a false God, which is now science, this is how it's tying into what we're seeing play out in the name of relief. And one of the things that we need to point out is that later this afternoon, I believe it's at noon and runs till 3.30, you're going to see not only Dr. Cardona, but you're going to see the president, the first lady, the vice president, and select other talking heads come at you on the Department of Education's YouTube channel in a live stream presentation about how safely reopening uh, schools is going to be a great COVID relief uh, aspect. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they have no authority to open schools. They have no authority to throw money at it or anything else. The parents and the communities, I'm telling you guys, you need to take back the authority that is yours. Those children are yours. They're not the state's. You pay for those schools. You need to be op- You need to be opening up education for your kid. Now, I recommend you do it at home. But I know that the, the families could come together like they did of old and just get a teacher for themselves. Take one of those teachers that's out of work. Of course, they're probably getting paid for it. But take one of those teachers that's out of work that you really trust, that you like, and you bring that teacher in and say, we're going to give you this money. Uh, you teach our kids uh, these things that we want taught, uh, the things that you want them taught and the things the Bible says that you should teach them, especially the commandments of God. You teach them that. But if there's something you want taught, bring those teachers you know, make them something that is a benefit rather than an agent of the state and use them, use them in that way. And I don't mean that use in them in, a, in some kind of a bad way, but one to where they're, they're detached from the state. They're accountable only to the parents. And uh, I think that's a, that's a way we can fight back against the tyranny that has come from Washington. And thus, as Lynn said, uh, using the money they've stolen from you and given back to the states, the states are doing it too. Mm-hmm. Tim, if you would go to resource number five, that is the invitation that I was just talking about. Um, This was actually trotted out either uh, yesterday or just the day before. If you would enlarge that so that folks can see, because there are a couple of things I want to point out from that. Um, And it tells you if you want to participate in this particular uh, presentation that it wants you to go ahead and register, but it also tells you that you can use YouTube to watch this as a live stream. Now, it's going to tell you who all is presenting. There you'll see the president, the vice president. You're going to see uh, the first lady. You'll see the secretary of education. You're going to see a couple of other folks, but it will go on and tell you down in some of the other information that one of the things that's going to be brought up And we just talked about this last week on our show, Tim, was the social and emotional learning aspect that's tied in through all this. Well, the question I have is, who is going to Mm -hmm. tune into this to watch three and a half hours of people who know nothing about any of this stuff, who are criminals, who usurp the Constitution? Um, I could make a really bad joke on Kamala Harris as to what she can teach. I guess she can teach the oldest, Um, the oldest... uh, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she can. But, I'll, I'll, but, who, but who wants to listen to this? Who's going to spend three and a oh, half hours on this? Okay. Um, 
the Department of Education trotted this out yesterday. It hit the Network for Public School Education. It hit the Center for Education Reform. It hit several special interest groups who all uh, air on the Common Core machine side. And they were bringing it out that this is what parents needed to get involved in. This is supposedly who the target is for this audience is uh, parents so that they can get the real information on the government's reopening schools. So, in other words, we we just uh, I I just I can't see anybody tuning in for three and a half. I just can't see it. And I I just I don't buy I don't buy land. I mean, I'm going to turn it on. I'll bet YouTube messes with the numbers to make it look like a lot of people are tuning in. I just, I can't believe people are going to be tuning in to watch this for three and a half hours listening to these people. I just can't believe it. Well, if they're like me, you'll listen to a little bit. Sometimes I, what I do is I go back and I look at the archive because I want to see the written text, not so much the person speaking. Sometimes I'll do that because I just don't want to hear the garbage because I've heard it so much. Uh, And the written word is really good because that way you can do a, what a really good researcher does and that is not use conjecture or opinion you can use their words to make your point of course yeah um if you would please show everyone the uh youtube channel for the department of education i think i sent that in number six there it is and there we have a message from dr cardona um and yeah did you know that the government has given the Department of Education a YouTube channel. Well, I'm not surprised at that. We talked about the website that they had built the other week. Let me let me play this two little two minute sure. little thing from uh, Dr. Cardona sure. here. Hello, I'm Miguel Cardona, and I'm honored to serve you and our nation's students as the 12th Secretary of Education, an unconstitutional We're secretary. One of the biggest disruptions in education in our nation's history, and we don't have a second to waste. Learning fuels opportunity. And right now, for too many, learning is at risk. I know what's at stake for our nation's students, educators, and parents, because I am all of those things. As a student, I was blessed to attend public schools in my hometown of Meriden, Connecticut. Education expanded my horizons, helped me become the first in my family to graduate college, and made me a lifelong learner. I'm privileged to have served as an educator. In this very same school where I currently sit, I served as a teacher. This is the fourth grade classroom where I started as a teacher over 20 years ago. I later worked as a principal and assistant superintendent in the same community that gave me so much growing up. To America's students and parents, as Secretary of Education, I'm always going to have your perspective at the table. I'm going to be listening. No, he's not. I want to do everything in my power to make sure that every decision that's made at the agency, not only by me, but by everyone that we work with, is centered on what's best for you. We need to respect the teaching profession for what it is, the foundation of all other opportunities. We've seen the important role educators have had this past year. In La Unión está la fuerza. We know that there's strength and unity. Doesn't that lesson drive and define us in the United States of America? Isn't that what we do when times are tough? We face adversity, we solve problems, and we come out stronger. So today, let's join together, students, educators, parents, caregivers, advocates, and state, local, and tribal leaders. Everyone who believes in the promise of our learners and the promise of our country. Together, we got this. 
Hey, I got a, I, I got, I got something for you there, Dr. Cardona. How about we unite around the Constitution, which gives you zero reason, authority to exist in the capacity you do, the department that you head, or to have any say so about all the crap you just talked about. And I'll, I'll note this for people who couldn't see it. This guy said, "Oh, I'm a lifelong learner. I was educated in Connecticut, communist Connecticut, by the way, folks." Ten public schools in my area, blah, blah, blah. And and the whole time he's got this cheesy rat-looking smile on his face, okay? And yet this guy walks through the halls with a mask on his face. He apparently has not learned the mask does not prevent squat, except if somebody spits on you. And it prevents the spit. It doesn't prevent any of the other stuff. This guy is a charlatan. He is a usurper of the Constitution, and by doing that, since the Constitution declares itself to be the supreme law of the land, he is a criminal among other criminals in the Biden administration. Just wanted to get that out there so everybody understands who Dr. Cordona really is. Uh, Two things to point out from that very short speech. The first one, lifelong learning is a buzz phrase. The Common Core machine uses that aligns with not only the UN, but the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development to be code for cradle to grave workforce training education. It means we're somehow always learning. And we've talked about this before, Tim, where, you know, if you're not in school, you're in some sort of work-based program. If you're not in a work-based program, program you're in some sort of school skill training and it can be soft skills which mean your social and emotional learning or it can be hard skills which means what I do with my hands second thing he pointed out he was the 12th secretary of education this goes back to Courtney's uh, point about the Noahide if you'll remember back in 1978 it was Rabbi Schneerson who met with President Carter and this was supposed to be a proclamation that said it was a year of education. It was going to use culture. It was going to use school. It was going to use all kinds of things to bring about this shift that we've seen from godly to ungodly. Okay. Carter acknowledges that. That was 1978. In 1979, now I do not have this in documented proof, but if you follow the timeline of events, it makes perfect sense. In 1979, that's when Carter signed into law, so to speak, the U.S. Department of Education. So it was a direct product of this particular uh, Noahide proclamation. It wasn't until President Bush I that the uh, observance, the annual observance of the Noahide uh, proclamation became a law. Yeah, and that has nothing. When you when you insert that into law, it's a complete violation of the First Amendment. That is establishing a religion. Whether mm-hmm. people know it or not, that is an establishment of a religion. Um, Courtney's also pointed out that uh, while she was watching the video, the symbol there for the Department of Education is, uh, is a tree. Now, I don't, I don't know, Courtney. I, the tree of life I saw looks kind of funny. It doesn't look like a tree at all. But I can see the symbolism coming. I don't think it's really the tree of life. Maybe it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil <laughs> uh, that's there. But the, but the point is, is, is that all of this is interwoven in there. Now, we did a show. I played it on Monday with Chuck Baldwin, for those who didn't see it. And we we're talking about the support of the Zionist state of Israel is an attack on Christ and his church. And we gave many 
um, reasons for that, many reasons for biblical reasons, the reasons that we see from what's coming from them. I got all kinds of people wanting to uns- unsubscribe from the uh, the Rumble page that we have at Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble uh, because they say, oh, you're not biblical. You're not biblical. And uh, those are the kind of people, Lynn, that would just eat up the Noahide laws because they would frame them. They would frame the Noahide laws and their understanding of whatever they've been taught by Darby Schofield you know, preachers in mm-hmm. the dispensational frame. And so I can see how the deception comes into that. How, how are the Noahide laws? Let's let's give a, a brief thing here. How are okay. the Noahide laws inter, interweaved here with education? Okay, the way they're interwoven is um, values, attitudes, and beliefs. Quite simply, it's shifting away from that biblical foundation that education was, you know, was about. Uh, and that was, you can go back to the in-home, the one-room schoolhouse, that sort of thing. Um, and a lot of people will sit there, well, you know, when we took the Bible out of public education, that's when a lot of this stuff started to happen. No, actually, it was starting before that. I agree. But it was, it was when this particular shift to Noahide happened that we really, really saw it. So for a very short and sweet answer, there you go. It attacks your values, your attitudes and beliefs, and everything that you thought you supposedly knew about God somehow is is um, blasphemous. Yeah, and I think that's what people have to understand. When mm-hmm. people use terms like in the Noahide laws, some of them would be, you would read them and you'd go, okay, well, that that sounds like something that's biblical until you understand what they mean behind that. And I, and you talked about the things going on before. It's kind of like a person that gets cancer or something like that. The cancer is going on long before they find out about it. Mm-hmm. And this is this is what you're talking about. The corruption had already started long before any of this came out. Um, right. With any because of you had the progressive agenda that has been around since the 1800s and really took off in the 30s. And uh, we can thank folks like uh, Rockefeller and Carnegie and some of those um, families that have had more money than since. But let me point out one thing about... Um, Gosh, I I had it and I lost it. Oh, stuff and bother. Oh, if you want to for the folks, um, and we can certainly do this when we update our Noahide stuff, we can go back to the archives because you and I did, what, two or three shows on those. Yep. And we showed you videos where this really very well-spoken, educated doctor, uh, lover of the scriptures, told you, okay, here's what you're seeing on the surface through these Noahide laws and they, you know, don't sound bad, you know, don't, don't have sex with children until he goes in and he shows you how even that particular Noahide law is very deceptive. And so that's what, again, we're seeing happen in education is again, um, what's on the surface doesn't match up with what's underneath. That's exactly right. One of the things about the children, boy, if, if people really want to be shocked, you ought to read some of the stuff that comes out of the Babylonian Talmud and some of the writings of the rabbis concerning that very subject. Uh, it's stuff that shouldn't even be talked about, to tell you the truth. Jesus said, if you cause one of the little ones to stumble, it's better that you have a millstone tied around your neck and throw yourself into the sea. And I'm telling you, these people who are pushing this stuff, they need to be taken down to the sea, some rope and a millstone tied around their neck and say... Take a leap. If you don't leap, we're going to throw the millstone in and you can go second. But this is part of the issue because some of them will, it rivals anything, anything. And I mean that 
that you'll read that comes out of Islam, uh, what some of these 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 people hold to. It, it rivals anything as far as what they do to children and say, it's okay. It's okay, especially if priests do it to young children. And when I talk about young children, I'm talking about three and under. And we're not even talking about in an intercourse manner. We're talking about some of them, it's sodomy. And it is, it is, uh, it is degenerate. It is against the law of God. And here are, and this is the very thing that Jesus spoke against when he would say, you've heard it said, but I say unto you, he's speaking to the very, the forefathers of these guys who exist now. They were making up the law as they went along, the oral traditions, and they were justifying their sin by making up new law. But it wasn't law, it was pretended law, and Jesus was holding them accountable to that. So that's one of those issues that, you know, people are not going to, some people are not going to see because they don't have eyes to see or ears to hear, Lynn. But mm-hmm. I think many are seeing it. I think many, I, I think even there's a lot of non-Christians who are seeing some of this stuff and they're mm-hmm. seeing what's going on. And, you know, I'm thankful to God that that's the case, that they're seeing this, because if we don't see the problem, we can't address it. We can't attack it. We can't defeat it. Absolutely. And one of the ways that it's manifesting itself is through the CSE or the Comprehensive Sexuality Education, where it's showing the children in preschool and in daycare, you know, those very ages you're talking about. Here are, you know, here are the the things you need to know and here are the things you're supposed to understand. And yeah, at that tender age, you don't understand much of what is in your world except your mom and your dad and your brother and your sister and maybe the dog. Well, that's exactly right. And that's why I think that, uh, you know, God has given us Deuteronomy 6. We're to be the ones who who teach and train our kids to have God's mm-hmm. commands in our hearts and then impart those to our kids. Uh, this is the, in my estimation, it's the safest way that people can help their kids have a good outlook, a good worldview, so that they can be discerning. You can't discern things if you don't know the truth. And if you mm-hmm. impart the truth to the children, they can discern these things as they grow older, because, uh, again, you're, you're saying when they're at a young age, they're to be protected to a certain extent. I mean, you can't protect them, obviously, from every single thing, but they're to be protected. And you're to talk with these things when you're rising up, when you're laying down. Uh, God says you're to post them on the walls of your house and then relate those to the things in life so they have a good perspective on life as they grow older. Right. And, you know, all our children are a gift from the Lord. All our children are precious no matter what their age. But let's stop and remember one thing. From birth to age five is the most critical time children have to bond with their parents. And what are we seeing a large increase in through the government's overreach? And that is for that age population because they're going on false science that, well, if you know, we don't get them on this right track, then, you know, by the time they're an adult, they're going to be, you know, here, thither, or yon. And the government has no more uh, uh, credence to that because none of us know where we're really going to be. Yeah, let me let me add in something here that is an action that we okay. can take. And that is, you know, you were talking about the young, we were starting to see, you know, kindergarten, then pre-K, then it's, I don't even know what they have now, just daycare, whatever. Mm-hmm. Where there are mothers who have been left to themselves, uh, maybe they've been abandoned, maybe they've been divorced, whatever, and they have small children. You know, the church, we should be the ones coming alongside them and helping them to train their children. I mean, we really should be doing that. The other part is 
uh, if they can get a husband or if they got a family, let them do it rather than the church. But the, the, but, but the point is, is the church has dropped the ball on a lot of this, and they have put their money back into themselves. They're building elaborate big buildings. They're having on you know all of these kinds of stuff that they're pouring money into instead of taking care of the poor, taking care of the widows, taking care of the, 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 the children, the orphans, and things of this nature. And one of the big problems here is we have a lot of single moms or even single dads. And they may be having to go to work in order to do that. You know, one of the greatest uh, presentations of love, in my opinion, for those people is that the church funnels some of that to keep mom at home or keep dad at home to train those children. It's a, you're talking about a long-term investment and it's a biblical one, but yet we're not seeing a lot of that. And there are churches who do it, but boy, we really need to see some of that to where the people help those parents do what they're called to do. And instead they're saying, state will take care of it. You got public schools, you can send them to, that's the mentality. I just want to throw out something that's very positive that people uh, in your church could be a part of doing. Um, right, and if your church here. is taking federal funds for anything, yep, yep. especially education, I'd find another church. Well, I would too, because they're they're obviously going to be preaching a soft-pedaled non-gospel, mm-hmm. uh, and they're not going to call people to do what they're going to do because they want that money. Uh, and we're that's an to, action step. That is an action step. We're talking about we needed an action yep. step. All right, here's another one. I'm going to ask everyone a question, okay? okay. This is from my article. Um All right. If you haven't noticed, just before COVID took over and since its residents among us, both political parties have thrown tons of money at the problems associated with it. No matter if it's food, jobs, education or health care, the government's either got a program or a paycheck to hand you for it. However, the cost is your freedom, not relief from any problem, especially associated with COVID. FDR's New Deal also had programs for almost every aspect of our lives. So when did we as a nation become more independent? There's a question to ask yourself. That's an action step because once you admit something like this, you can start to say, oh, wait a minute. All yeah. right. The yeah. government and education, especially at the direction of the Common Core machine, has us more dependent on them than ever when we accept the status quo. Again, another action step. If yep. you're accepting the status quo, here's another action step for you to, okay, let me wise up, wake up, and, and get out. Lynn, let, this, we, we got about, yeah. 10, we got about okay. 10 seconds. You want to tell okay. people where they can right. find out more about sure. you? Okay. CommonCoreDiva.com. There's a donate button if you so wish to financially offset what I do. If not, prayer support is especially needed. Uh, You can find me on all the usual social media outlets, and we will talk with you next week. All right. Thank you, Lynn Taylor. We appreciate you, as always, being with us on Wednesday and the information you give. And, uh, guys, I think tomorrow I'm going to go ahead and play my show with Kevin Shipp. Former CIA agent, he's calling out a lot of the guys out there putting out the Q stuff. See you then.